Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Iglap. Of course, it's me, Paolo. And, you know, I do apologize uh, because, you know, this whole day the net has been a bit spotty. So, you know, the connection may seem that I'm hanging or maybe Romeo is hanging or, oh, I already said his name, but, uh, you know, if the guest seems like he's hanging or whatever, it's because of the net. So, you know, advanced apologies for that. But yeah, you know, we're going to do our usual um, episode. Hopefully the net will... Um, stay stable for the time we're here for the episode. For today's episode, though, it's an episode that I feel that it's very relevant, especially with what's happening right now here in the Philippines. Um, and the title of the episode, as you all know, is Bakitayo Picon. And, you know, in my mind, I already had this episode, but I was thinking, how should I title the episode, right? And as you guys know, here in Iglap, all our episodes are in English, the titles, right? Just so that, you know, for our Spotify listeners and our viewers from Tuvalu when they, they watch this, uh, they already understand what the episode is going to be about. But, you know, the word pecon is one of those uh, words in Filipino that there is no, like, proper English term for it. I mean, yeah, it's short-tempered. That's the English translation, if I'm not mistaken. But it's more than that, you know. And that's why I decided, you know what, let's have our first uh, Filipino title episode and that's where we're coming from. So, you know, we're going to be discussing today why we think uh, certain Filipinos, because it's not all Filipinos. Obviously, not all Filipinos are Picon, but there are people who are. And some of them are really bad Picon people. Like, they're really, like, to the max levels of being Picon, right? Uh, but yeah, you know, we're going to discuss about it and see where it goes. So, our guest for today, he's actually someone who was my classmate back in college. Uh, I haven't spoken to him in a very long time. You know, he's been busy with his thing. I've been busy with my thing. But I was glad that, you know, when I contacted him and asked him to be a guest, he was more than willing, uh, especially when I had to reschedule a few times. But yeah, I'm glad that he's here today. So I'll give you a short intro about him. So he's an avid gamer and toy collector. You know, he has really awesome busts, by the way, like. I saw that he had like Thanos and Iron Man. Like I don't want to ask how much those things are, but they're beautiful. That's all I have to say. Uh, he's also the uh, this he's also a former president of Polisai. So that's an organ in LaSalle. So he's a DLSU political science alumni and DLSU law graduate. Uh, passionate about politics, pop culture, and food. And he's also a fur parent of more than a dozen cats. So welcome to Igla for the very first time, Romeo Lanzarote. Hey, Romeo. Hey, man. Thank you for that introduction. Well, it's actually your introduction. And <laughs> I, I like your introduction. Oh, yeah, the that, that was your introduction. <laughs> it's okay. But I mean, like, uh, you know, I just like your introduction because a lot of our guests, yeah. they give very formal introductions. They're like, oh, um, for example, I'll just make up a name. Like, Jennifer was a graduate of Ganito Ganito. She works in Ganito Ganito. But these sources very, you know, I'm an avid gamer. I love toy collecting. There's your Iron Man behind you uh, and that you're a fur parent, all these things. So, you know, aside from all of those fun stuff in your intro, why don't you give us a bit more about yourself, like other fun facts about Romeo Lanzarote? Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you for that opportunity at least to present who I am and what I do. It's, it's, it's basically more just um, being active in the social commentary aspect. So, oh, do kind of... Uh, let me know if my voice isn't that clear. Just so... So far, it's okay. I can be more articulate. Well, it's it's more like um, an active attempt to try and assist or offer opinion about 
um, pop culture, of course, and specifically are also concerned with um, politics because it's something that's really pressing and something that I think we all ought to be involved in. So it's, it's I've kind of taken that stance to at least offer a piece of um, what I think about certain issues, about certain people in politics and all that. And I think you know that background about me, Paolo. Hey Romeo, yeah, sorry about that. My my net is a bit spotty, but yeah, thank you for that intro again. I'm hoping that uh, that's the last I will be spot. Back at Picon, right? So how about you? Like, what's your definition of what Picon is? Like, what is a Picon person for you? Um, I would have to agree with how you framed it earlier when you were saying that. Um, people tend to be um, dismissive with something and they tend to be so emotionally invested in something that they refuse to acknowledge an opposing idea, which, as you've said earlier, um, for some cases, some people um, supporting certain candidates, for example, would tend to not believe you on the basis, or not on the basis of facts, but simply on the basis of they just really don't want to believe you. Now, with the concept of being Picon, there's just no there's just no patience. There's just no trying on both parts. And that leads to that kind of mess where an argument may ensue, um, misinterpretation, miscommunication, and all that, right? Yeah. Actually, what I noticed is it's not only in the Philippines, but even mm-hmm. abroad, right? Like when you look at the U.S. during the last election, it was Biden versus Trump, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you really look at the news and how the Trump supporters were like, you know, what? I don't care about the news or what your facts. To me, they're fake. I believe yeah. what I want to believe. And they're also quite picon as well in that sense because it's about being dismissive. It, I mean, I guess it's different, you know what I mean? Being picon and being dismissive. You can be dismissive without being picon, right? Or short-tempered. Yeah. And you can also be picon without being dismissive at the same time, right? But here yeah. I see that um, because of certain candidates or even certain beliefs, uh, people tend to have this mistrust wherein, you know, we're like, hey, look, here are the, here, here are the facts, right? Here's my sources and the thesis or whatever, um, these are all fact-checked, uh, these aren't fake. And yet, when you explain it to them, it's like, you know, fuck you. Uh, I want to believe what I want to believe. And <laughs> blank pa rin, mga ulol, or something. <laughs> That's true. So That's, why uh, do you think so? Um, sorry to cut you off, but no, no. why do you think people nowadays are like that? Because I no. would like to believe that, you know, before, in the past, when, you know, you would correct people, they would be like, huh? Then when you show them, oh, okay. But now it's more like, 
I'll do my own research. I'll look at all these bloggers who <laughs> don't have any who don't have any proof, who don't have any legitimate sources, right? So go ahead. I think it's more of the determination of why do people believe in something, right? Like if I believe in something, I have a tendency to defend that kind of belief, right? So for instance, on politics, um, my political views, um, religion, concept of love, friendship, and all these things, I have a tendency to defend what I believe in because I have carried these beliefs thinking they are universally right. But let me offer you something that it's more like an invitation to, sure. I know you've sure. heard him, but to our viewers, to, to your viewers, and to our friends out there, more like an invitation to consider reading the works of Daniel Dennett. Daniel Dennett is an American philosopher and um, cognitive scientist. So what he's basically saying is that belief um, tends to latch on to people. So there's just no kind way of telling somebody that they're believing something which is wrong, or at least with um, what we think is incorrect when measured against our own values. So Daniel Dennett says, it's, it's just the way it's going to be when your beliefs are challenged, you have a tendency to say, uh, nope, that's not the right thing, or yeah, this is the right thing. My opinion is the right thing. So more like um, an emotional rather than rational attachment to beliefs. So that's um, among those things that I want people to um, keep in their heads when they when you um, consider the concept of belief. To sum it up, it's just like, I used to believe in this for like, what, 50 years? I have never been wrong, or at least I think I've never been wrong. So why are you correcting me now? Or I'm holding this as a truth. This is my truth. So it's difficult to challenge that, right? So I'm just wondering, though. I get that. You know what I mean? I mean, we all grew up. I mean, you know, in the Philippines, right? We're a very conservative country. Well, I kind of call I like calling it like a fake conservative country. Um, <laughs> For so many reasons that I just don't want to get into because maybe we'll be here until tomorrow. But <laughs> no, we grew up with I mean, we grew up in we grew up with very conservative values, right? Mm -hmm. But and you know, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. And that's one thing though. I always grew up where in my my parents would always say that if you're corrected, you know, and it's and it's correct, right? In the sense that the person corrects you and what they correct you with is the correct answer or whatever or it's the truth or whatever just accept it and you know just accept defeat in that sense right yeah. for as long as it's correct in that sense you know it's yeah. kind of like justice right and in that yeah. sense so here's the thing with that argument we're in you know you talk about oh this person believed it for like 50 years 60 years or how many decades i'd like to see it as it's not exactly about you believing that certain truth for a long time but it's more about how open you are mm -hmm. to hearing new ideas. Yeah. Because, like, for, for example, uh, one guy who I really, really like uh, is Bernie Sanders. And you're, you're probably thinking, how do I like him? Because, you know, we've known each other in the past. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our politics are very different. 
I'm happy you said that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm very open in the sense that I admire people who can, you know, be a certain age mm-hmm. and be one of the most progressive people, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the saying where you can't teach an old dog new trick, that's something I don't believe in. You know, for as long as you want to learn or you're open to learning or you're open to, to hearing new ways on how to do things, it doesn't matter if you're a year old to like 99 years old, right? Bernie's like what, 82, 77? I mean, you know, he's not a he's not a spring chicken, man, right? <laughs> That's true. It just looks like he hasn't been aging ever since he's been in politics. Yeah, I mean, ever since he, he looked like that in the 70s, I think, and then he just never <laughs> aged. Yeah. No, but yeah. Uh, so why do you think though that, especially in Filipino culture, why is it that there are people who are in you know, they choose not to be open-minded in that sense. Because I get the whole, you know, it's conservative or whatever. Sure. But you can be conservative and still be willing to learn or you're willing to be open about certain ideas. Well, I would, again, like to offer something here. Um, sure. Um, I'm almost certain everyone is aware of this. Um, they've heard of Hegel, right? The German philosopher. Yeah. Basically, what he's saying and what we want to achieve first is to identify how do we start to say that we know something. Right? Like uh, the concept of knowing, right? I, I can't just say, ah, this is how it's going to happen. This is what's going to happen or um, this is what it's called. Basically, it's something I, I have a claim as if it can't be changed. Now, on this on the relevance of Hegel here. It's, it's just more like there are stages in knowing. And these stages, when, at, when done properly at least, every stage, you stop, take a moment, understand, ah, this is an information, a piece of information. I call this, this and that. I come to know what it is and what it's, at, what it's like. Um, then we can say that this is knowing. But the, the worrisome aspect here is when all these access to information is being neglected because as what Hegel said, we tend to want the impossible, which is to shortcut the process of knowing. Um, I think you've seen this tendency like young people even people of age tend to believe a string of 5, 10, 15 words claiming something to be true. For instance, they match the treasure, right? Right? Uh, these things. Yeah. Or perhaps um, something which we know universally, like uh, Santa Claus, right? Yeah. When we're presented with something that requires rigor, effort, I'm not saying all the time, but there's a tendency to say that this is not how I want to know it. So we don't really put as much effort as we would, as if it were something that we're ultimately interested in. That includes having to watch short videos from TikTok, for instance, right? Oh my God. <laughs> These videos have been peppering the internet. Um, these videos seem to offer a piece of knowledge. And we seem Supposedly, to agree with it. Yeah. We seem to agree with it based on how it was presented. Yeah. 
And for some of my friends whom I've asked, they agree with it because that's their core of their belief. Like, I support this candidate because according to this video, this candidate has done this or that, right? Or this model is more proper because according to this, can, according to this uh, person from TikTok or YouTube, perhaps, or streaming videos, this is how it should be. And it seems like the inquiry stops there. Don't you think? Like, yeah, just actually, it. Yeah. Actually, sorry to cut you off there, no. It's just that no, 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 no. I heard you mention TikTok. It just frustrates me. Just because you know, he's a TikTok. My girlfriend loves TikTok. Like, she always mm-hmm. does TikTok. And her TikToks... Because here's the thing. When I first heard about TikTok, it's not my thing. I'm not really a dancer or anything, as you know me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that TikTok started out, like, in this... It's somewhat like a dancing app where you do challenges and you do, like, a mm-hmm. dance to a song. And for me... I, I said to myself that this thing is going to end up doing some harm eventually because nothing innocent stays innocent when it comes to social media. Perfect <laughs> example, Snapchat. You know how Snapchat used to be that you could just send photos that later on would just get deleted and people started using it to send nudes or whatever. It's like, guys, mm-hmm. can we just have something that doesn't negatively affect society? <laughs> Look at social media. I mean, think about this way. MySpace, did you did you make Abbott MySpace, Romeo? I have to make an admission. I think you have. Right? You made an I think Apple. I, have. I think I have. Like, no, like I you know have. about it enough. Yeah, I, I just hate admitting it, but I think I have. Because okay, I, have, I used to have a Friendster account. So. Okay, good. So definitely yeah. made Abbott MySpace. Okay, so we went through I Friendster so. and MySpace together, right? We don't you remember the good old times we're in with those platforms? And you can even argue earlier Facebook. Where it was all about finding friends, chatting, talking about stupid shit, right? <laughs> You know, like, oh, did you watch the latest episode of Avatar, for example? Or how in MySpace, you know, I personally used to follow the latest films and artists, right? To hear music, to watch trailers, you know, read like production notes or whatever. Then suddenly, you know, you have these other apps coming out that you can classify other social media, your TikToks, your Snapchats, etc. And there's just so much bullshit out there. Right, like I remember seeing because I, I think you know this. I'm a collector of memes, right? I think if mm-hmm. you look at my Facebook, I always share funny memes. Without and, a doubt. Yeah. Right, right. And there's this it's kind of like a true meme where in someone took a screenshot of you know the TikTok comments. You know it's the comment section of TikTok because it's black, right? And the person says something like Ate or older sister. I think that's what the English word for ate is. Older sister, you have to be able to distinguish between um, I think it was sorry, what are the kind of sources again in the thesis? Um, primary and secondary, there, thank you. So, uh, yeah. prim- primary sources and secondary sources TikTok, YouTube, Facebook are your primary sources, and Scrappler, CNN are your secondary. When I saw that, I was like, So, are you like, you know, I know it was just a meme, but you know, if I saw that, if I had that, if I used the TikTok and I commented, I would be like, Sorry, tell me that in school. When you submit your thesis to your professor or your senior research paper to your professor, itself putting, let's say, the author's name, the page number, or whatever, you're going to get them a link to a TikTok video. You're going to get them a link to a YouTube video. You're going to get them a link to a post by some supposedly thinking Filipino blogger, right? Okay. So I, I saw it there. That's, that's a very good example. Yeah, yeah. It's just so frustrating. And actually thinking about it, maybe I should have changed the episode title to 
the the curses of social media because it's kind of but then it's it's more about the action of people because mm-hmm. okay i want you to give us a bit of an experience of yours okay romeo <laughs> of, of, don't name names or anything but okay. have you had a family member or a good friend who supported something or someone okay like you can just think of any example you want and when you present them good sources, right? You know, legitimate sources that have been fact-checked, that have known to be truth tellers, you know, mm-hmm. people who who give you facts, and they tell you, "Fuck you, no, that that's wrong." Like, has that happened to you? Uh, it actually has, and it's still happening until today. Uh, I have friends and. Uh, oh no, I'm gonna lose count if I were to count each and every one of them. With, with all these um, questions and matters that I want to present to them. And just, just for them to understand that we have to process every matter that comes to us, right? We have to take as much as possible everything with a grain of salt. We don't, we don't want to just feed on something and say, ah, this is the truth. Ah, this is what it's supposed to be, right? So I I have a very particular example. There's this uh, professor, teacher rather, not professor, because um, person goes way back. Now this teacher of mine um, has a tendency to be very dismissive. Wait, wait, wait. Has a tendency to both be dismissive and pick on. Like she'll get mad and she says, "Mm, that's that's not the right thing. Really, tama ba all that. So when presented with facts, the response was like, initially it was entertaining the um, idea that there are different um, views about things. And then eventually it just concluded with something as my teacher, whom I thought was respectable, insulted the person presenting facts to her. So she was like, I felt like I had to butt in because I know the person and I know my teacher. I, I, I knew both of them. And I had to just, I had this itch to just butt in. And lo and behold, I did. So what I did, I said, uh, maybe you can consider this or that. So that in the response was like, paniwalaan niyo gusto niyo paniwalaan. Opinion ko to, page ko to. Diba? Oh, shit. And ever since that time, I made sure, I made sure to always make posts about claim of fact be verified for the very least. If it's coming from a reputable source, I share it. If it's a meme, I make fun of it. I make sure it's clear to me. If it's satire, I say it's satire. Yeah. Because there seems to be a failure to grasp these things here. And that's that's been a very bad struggle. And no, the teacher is still teaching today in public schools. Still teaching. I have no way of making sure that this methodology of teaching or guiding students, especially in a time where face-to-face is not possible, where information is accessible through social media and before their classes, they can just browse through Facebook. I'm not sure how we can 
fully assist the dissemination of correct, verified, and um, information which can be tested and proven, right? So that's, that's perhaps one of the worst experience. You know, I, I, I saw a meme, and I'm not sure if the person who posted is your friend or what, right? Because okay. the stories are too similar, wherein the person said that, um, I, I'm not sure if it was grade school, high school, or college. I can't remember. But the history mm-hmm. prof is a, is a supporter of a certain candidate who wants to rewrite history, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this person was saying that, this person saying, you know, the candidate's name forever, like, you know, um, blah, 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 parin, blah, 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 forever, whatever. And the person wanted to comment, but then when he looked at the, the comments, it was the comments of all of his classmates with reputable source links like ebooks, um, news oh, articles. You know, I mean, they really, it was really like, if you know, if you're a professor, right, you would be proud of your students that, you know, they just didn't say, you know, fuck you. Um, you're an awful human being, you're an awful history teacher, <laughs> you know, you're supporting this person. No, they're like, you know what, okay. You, you make certain claims here are the sources and when i when and the point is and the, the, the screenshot showed like what the sources were and when i looked at those sources like yeah th- this is legitimate like these are books that you know you and i probably have seen in our university's library you know it's, it just wasn't like those you know out of the blue type of articles, yeah. exactly. and after all of those comments guess what the last comment was the pinaka last comment i'm gonna give it a wild guess Go. Respect my opinion? Yes. That was the <laughs> last what? comment. Respect my opinion. And it's like, I mean, you can respect the person's opinion. True. Like if I tell Romeo that the Boston Celtics is the greatest team of all time, he should respect that opinion. Right? Oh, and if I tell the Lakers... I have to respect his opinion on that because <laughs> sports teams, right? And there's no lie on either side because mm-hmm. it's how you feel about a sport. But when I give an opinion saying that, you know, saying something that is troublesome, that is not backed by sources, that can make the difference between, you know, truth and lies, truth mm-hmm. and, you know, um, revising history to reflect a view that is fake. Yeah. I can't. You should not respect that. You yes. have to step in and say, "Hey, this is. We're not doing sports here, right? We're not saying that my favorite actor is Brad Pitt. We're talking about the destiny and the destination of a country." So that's why I'm a bit frustrated when I saw that because for me it's like. Okay, you can have a, an opinion, but if your opinion hurts other people and disrespects people who have been hurt in the past, there's nothing to respect there. What do you think of that? Like, do, do you think that's okay to say that or what? Well, we have to put this into a context, I think, because yeah. we have been propounding the idea that respecting someone's opinion means not to challenge the opinion, means not to inquire about the veracity of the opinion or just accept the opinion as it is. And I agree with you that number one, sometimes I think um, pancakes are good breakfast. Sometimes I don't. 
sometimes I think I like dried fish in the morning, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 these things should not be confused with something as important as policy, because policy affects people, and that's true. There was a time when speaking out would get you killed. There was a time when just um, expressing your opinion, wearing a different set of clothes, in fact, um, not wearing enough at all would get you killed. And in some other countries. Or even, you know, and even worse than just getting killed, right? Yeah, yeah, worse than getting killed. Even the families in these countries tend to perpetuate that system because um, they seem to have held on and grasped for that something. And if the defense is always respect my opinion, we forget that on the opposite side, while, we, while I do respect your opinion, you get to say it. You get to say it in social media. You get to dance on it on TikTok. You get to probably sing it on YouTube, right? But uh, these opinions, they are subject to something that are more stringent. Something that verifies them to be true, false, acceptable, not acceptable. Like, for instance, would um, would the promotion of political belief, which specifically targets and um, dehumanizes a group of people, perhaps a policy that would say, ah, if you're born in this place, since you have this view, or if, if this is your political opinion, you should be shot on the spot. Should that opinion be respected as it is? Shouldn't be challenged? So there we go, right? And I'm going to be citing again somebody here. Um, I think uh, the tendency here is we have, for instance, um, a philosopher named Karl Popper. You read about it. I'm sure. I saw you before, and we discussed about this before in college. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, this guy was saying, what's something we know? What's science from pseudoscience, right? If we believe in something, shouldn't we first like ask, why do we believe in it? Not after you say it, you believe in something. No, this is the truth, right? Beyond changing. So that's where, where the concept comes in which is what he calls the probability and contingency. So when we have something that we know, it's probably because of the data we have in hand right now. Right? I, think, um, I think my street is the best street in the universe. But truth be told, the only street I've ever been to is my street, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, right? So that's a probability. Yeah. Now, here comes the special part which is contingency. Contingency is more like, oh, so there are other streets? What? There are other streets in the world? Like, the what? <laughs> there are other... Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> you challenge the fact. You challenge the belief. And make sure that these information that we hold, the data we hold as belief, is not permanent in the sense that it should change. When presented with contradictory evidence, that would say... This is not the right thing. And I think that's the difficulty here, the, the process to challenge it, right? So we go yeah. back earlier with what I said. Daniel Dennett, is there a way to just communicate your idea without 
um, causing a pigon response? He believes that there is. Well, he believes that there's no way to tell someone who believed all his life that his beliefs are wrong and not be offended. There's a possibility to offer an idea without having to offend them in a way that they would have to retaliate, defend their pride, their ego, rather than the fact that they believe in something. So let's say, Paolo, give me a very ludicrous idea, something that um, I will get the challenge with Okay. Ease. Okay. Before I give that, I just want <laughs> to make it extremely clear to okay. all future listeners and viewers, like, I don't believe this at all. So, <laughs> I don't believe this at all. Like, Paolo Agus does not believe this at all. Okay. Yes, I second this statement. Okay. Uh, okay. So, women should not be able to wear anything that they want. Okay. That's, uh, that's uh, a good statement. And that statement actually has is still in the practice for some countries. The tendency is to uh, control how women dress. Now, I wanted to challenge that view. If I were to say a contradictory opinion, and if I were to say it this way, no, antamo, no, ambobumo, or if I were to say expletives. Yeah. As I challenge the opinion, what do you think will be the impact from the receiver when he the person hears, will be very defensive? Yeah. yeah, he will be very defensive. So Daniel Dennett says, why not just say, I think that opinion is wrong because this or that. That's at an ideal world, though. You have to make no, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. Uh, and that's actually why I got the idea of this episode and to have you on it, uh, aside from being a genius. Uh, do you remember, I think it was like a month or two ago, wherein I shared, uh, I'm not sure if it's a photo or a video or what, of a yeah, certain yeah. person. You remember them? You know what I'm talking about, right? I remember this. I remember this. Okay, good. And so background to people, I shared a video or a photo, I can't remember what it was, of something. And... A person who I already unfriended just because I gave up on that person already. So for me, it's like, you know what? If you're just going to get pissed off with what I do and I'm just going to get pissed off because I can't believe you have these kinds of beliefs, let's just not be social media friends at first, right? Um, so I, I shared something. Then yet he does, this person comments something. Then he posts like these TikTok videos with so many different names, right, of projects or whatever. And yeah. so me, what I did was, you know, I typed the names of each project. So let's say the first project is called Romeo Bridge. Then the second project yeah. is called Anzarote Road or whatever, right? I type it and I find facts in, like, the first two links that I saw. And th these weren't Wikipedia links, by the way. The first few that I saw were proper sources and to be fair to wikipedia when i looked at the wikipedia li link of both of both of those things they were quite accurate based on the sources that i saw so whoever made that wikipedia oh, okay. page good job to you because that those are yeah. actual and so and romeo noticed this because he he commented later on uh and and you know i was very patient with the person right they said hey you Here's are, the source. Right? And i gave the wikipedia source i gave the wikipedia yeah. source so that the person can say 
oh, it's Rappler. Oh, it's ganito. Those are biased. Nope. Here's your Wikipedia, which I think you value more than anything else, uh, stating this. Then what the person do? He sends another TikTok video. And then I think Romeo and another friend of mine, who I think we're mutual friends with, we'll talk about that later, oh, yeah, said yeah. something like, um, Paolo, why are you... What did you say? Do you remember what you said? You said something like, what are you doing? Or Yeah, you- I, I was... I've seen the thread. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the thread. I've read it. And I had to stalk the person to know if he was just trolling, if he yeah. was really serious about this conversation. Because you were really persistent and you were really patient with this person. Yeah. You were giving him this and that very kind words. And I never insulted him, right? I never, never insulted him. Not one insult. Even though he was intimating something about you. You yeah. never insulted him. He he was he was trying to um, get under your skin. Yeah. And I read it. I read each and every comment and I read each and every possible post that he could based from his post. And I was like, why does Paolo even bother? Why does he even bother? This guy is, though he's not a troll, he refuses to learn deliberately. And remember what I said earlier about the process of knowledge, the process of knowing? Yeah. The shortcuts to knowing is perilous both to the people who know and those people who don't know. And we, we share the dilemma here, but the bulk of it would be would have some social implications. Now, when that happened, I, I was keen on calling him out. He didn't respond. He didn't respond. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't respond. He got called out. It was the first un inhospitable response to him because I was really keen and said, Why are you doing this? This guy doesn't even bother read all your facts. You take up your time. You explain everything. This is something that they should have to process with as they thread and we go along with the election election and later on in our lives, right? Understanding politics in our world. And this guy's listen give one damn about it. So I was like, I even messaged you. Uh, you messaged me. You were explaining yeah. to me that this guy has always been like this. And I was like, Nah, dude, I mean, I used to be like that before, but it, it's become very counterproductive because every time I do that, they say something else. They don't verify their information, and they have held that belief for more than 10 years, decades, even longer. They don't want their beliefs to be challenged because something else is in the line. And I felt really bad for you because you were being a really great friend, and you were, you were being really kind, but he just he was persistent. I guess, and I may explain it to you in that message because, yeah, I mean, let's talk about something that's a bit different that will kind of connect to this. You remember back in 2016 when Trump won for president in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah. And I, I you know, everyone was shell shocked, but I wasn't. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't. Remember. I remember. I wasn't shell shocked at all because there are a lot of angry Americans out there at that time who were pissed at Obama because of a lot of news that were coming out against him. That's one. Mm-hmm. And they're upset because, you know, the the economy wasn't doing that well because, you know, they just came from recession, right? And, and things like that. And I thought that because of so much anger, and I noticed that it, it works both sides. When it comes to social media or even dating, for example, we like things that are quick, right? We, we want something we're in it's quick yeah, satisfaction in that sense, right? Like, let's say you have your Tinders, your Bumbles, etc. And 
what I noticed was a lot of people didn't choose to be patient with these angry Americans, right? Because a lot of the anger came from people who are losing their coal mining jobs, their jobs mm-hmm. that were very hand hands, right? Manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, a lot of these companies decided to bring it to other countries that were cheaper, right? And, you know, when I saw that happen, I said to myself that if this ever happens, I want to be able to, to say to myself that I tried my best in terms of convincing people otherwise. And I was one of those assholes, right? I mean, back in 2016, when we also had our own election, people were like, I support this. I support I'm like, are you fucking stupid? Are you mental? Did you not, like, study at all? But then I realized that being an asshole, me calling out people and calling them stupid, saying that, you know, they're, they're misogynist, etc. Did it help? It didn't. And... Trust me, I was very patient with that guy. I wasn't getting upset at all, right? Even if I was yeah. going through that. Yeah. I, not even internally, I wasn't getting upset because I learned you know, to, to be patient. But what I just don't like is there are some people who really start um, becoming con and saying stuff that are very insulting to your own character already. Yeah, right? Like, you know, um, back in the day, yeah, go ahead. He was trying, I think he was trying to tick you off. Like, he was trying to tick me off. I, I don't know, he but I didn't get ticked off. I didn't get ticked off because you know what? After that, and I spoke to him separately. You know, I messaged him and said, you know, um, I hope you 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 look at facts, you know, and just don't believe everything you see, right? And he just yeah. wasn't open to that. And that's why I decided to unfriend him. And I hope no one says that that's wrong of me to do. Uh, because it, because you know my Facebook is kind of like an echo chamber already of people who have the same values and beliefs as I do. When I you know, um, but the thing is, I guess you can also look at it as I guess I'm just lucky I have many friends who have the same beliefs as I am. But you know, I did feel bad when I unfriended him. But it was just getting too much already. The the, the things he was posting, you know, like that's the one thing I really hate. Uh, because look, when it comes to comedy, Romeo, you know this. I love making fun, and if people yeah. make fun, and if make people use me as a joke, I accept it because you know if I make a joke about Romeo and he makes a joke about me, patas, yeah. right? So we're like that. But you know, when people support a certain candidate, right, and they insult other candidates, they say stupid insults. That for me, it's like how is this an insult? <laughs> I, I think what I'm talking about, they connected this candidate with a certain food for me. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Are you trying to say that giving people that kind of food, especially those who have been through a traumatic experience and that's one of the easiest you know, dishes to prepare, is a bad thing? As compared to one candidate who has been, you know, um, if, you know, he, he was been proven guilty, he has done nothing in his life. And you support him. Me, I love memes, especially when it comes to political memes against certain candidates. You know that. I share a lot of memes about a certain person in negative light, but all of those memes are true. What makes the memes funny is that it's the truth. As compared to the memes of them attacking another candidate, it's not funny, not because I support the other candidate, but because it's false. Like, yeah. if there's a meme out there that says that Romeo likes seeing cats drown, I wouldn't find that funny. 
because it's not true and it's actually that's actually a very horrific idea why did you even think of that uh but you know but if i see a meme saying that oh romeo is so buff that his abs have abs i would laugh at that because i'm like yeah i bet romeo's that's abs have abs. By the way, that's not true no yeah but you get my I'm point <laughs> so fake news right there romeo does have abs yeah, i guess abs. that's yeah, a fake but, news okay we can flag that as fake news now yeah fact check, <laughs> fact check right there fact but uh fact but yeah sorry we kind of got into the discussion immediately let's go to the comment section a bit we kind of forgot sure. about that so i think this is your mom saying congrats oh, thanks, mom. i'm not really sure why there's a congratulations i'm a small time podcast uh but thank you for <laughs> that for for thinking <laughs> that romeo being here is worthy of congratulations uh, when I'm friends. when I'm as big as the Joe Rogan experience, I definitely will bring back Romeo here for that. Congratulations, <laughs> not to be wasted. Uh, then we have, I'm not sure if it's Carl Louis or Luis, um, oh. but Carl L. Regales says shout out. I guess, okay. right? That, um, that's what it means. Shouting out to architect Carl Louis Regala and the friends, home credit boys. Thank you. Oh, Louis, pala, Louis. Yes. yeah. Then we have um, Patch Agustin, a very sensible discussion, Romeo Lanzarote. That's the kind of comment I'd, I'd be okay with, not the congratulations. <laughs> but anyway, uh, then we have uh, Joe Lanzarote. I'm guessing maybe this is oh, her cousin yeah. or something. Thank yeah, you. so good job. And we have Ira, who I haven't heard from in a long time. Oh. So we all have abs, hashtag real news. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so you know, going back to the discussion about this piconness. So you know, you you gave uh, two authors or two philosophers right now who I will comment down below just so that our viewers can. Hang on, let me fix this for Oh, okay. I already. Okay, here we go. Yeah, um, I put it already. Oh, you put you forgot. Oh no, you put all of them, Amanda. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so Karl Popper, Hegel, Daniel Dennett, you know, just check them out. Um, they're great. I don't remember a discussion about one of those, though, but I hope was it was a back. good one. That was way back in political theory. I'm, I'm okay, okay. So we were still in school. We were still in school. Yeah, back in college. Okay, because uh, actually funny thing is, Romeo, when you took the political compass, I'm sure you remember in college when you took it, which side of the compass were you on? Do you remember? Um, initially... Initially, I think that was in yeah, first like the first time you ever took it. Because I'll never forget mine, by the way. I was right of center or near right, pretty sure. Something close to the right. Really? Yeah. You, you were conservative already? Yeah, yeah, that was at first year. And <clears throat> these were my beliefs, unchallenged, very yeah. uh, different beliefs, like. Um, Beliefs in religion, in politics, personalities. I guess that's why we were we were we were we were okay with each other, because I think we were quite. <laughs> I mean, I think I was more wild than you because I was top left. Oh no, sorry, I was in the top right part on the right side. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you remember that relationship? When they compared me to some people, I was like, "What? I don't believe in killing people. What is this?" No, but yeah, again, unchallenged, then I think I took it. I always make sure to take it at least once every few months in a year. So maybe I take it three to four times. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, I was sent dead center. 
Oh, which I think is well, fair because well, now, I guess that's the thing with us, no? Um, you you said that you were kind of right in that sense. When was the last yeah. time you took it, the political compass test? I think it's um, still back in law school. That was um, probably more than three to four years ago. Okay. Um, um, do you remember what side you were on already at that time? Like when you took it again? Um, uh, lower left, like really close to the left, I think. As okay, so as lower I'm... left. That's that, that's fair. I mean, compared to my far <laughs> upper right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, you see, and it changed, and mine changed as well. I mean, can you imagine from like crazy upright to like dead center? Then what I love about that test is it, it, it asks you the same questions over and over again. It doesn't change, right? Yeah, uh, but your values do change over time when you decide uh, if you decide to be open to it. Yeah, I still remember all my answers when I first took it, and when I take it again, it all changed. Most of them changed, yeah. and I guess that's the beauty about being open minded to change, right? Or being open to hearing other ideas and accepting them because you get to realize your full potential and the full potential of society. I remember, I like one of you remember a crazy example about women ha have to watch what they wear, that they can't wear anything that they want or mm -hmm. whatever. Or, or like that. I just love the idea nowadays that we allow people to, or we call out people for poor behavior, while in the past people were, were rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good right? as well. Yeah. Um, that's how you see all these people being called out and all of these things. Uh, but my question to you, Romeo, is uh, because I guess I, I asked you a very generic thing. Why do you think people aren't open to change? My question to you now is why are there Filipinos out there who aren't open to change? Okay. I think this is more of sociological and psychological as well. Um, but I have to make a claim here. I'm not an expert in these fields. I have yeah, studied right. political science, yeah. social studies, of course, but I cannot claim mastery over these fields because there are people whose opinion um, have such weight that I cannot contest simply on the basis of what I feel like, right? Yeah. Okay, so, man. I mean, I, I, I think you're in a podcast, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I present an opinion here. I think it's more about um, the reinforcement of these values us like microaggressions to something like um, being punished for something for instance growing up as a non-believer to any kind of religion would most certainly be punished or heavily discouraged in a country that's predominantly Christian right wouldn't you agree and the same Definitely. thing, but these practices would have, would be carried on to people who experience um, such reinforcement as if that were the right thing. If left unchallenged, these things, they would hold it as if it were their core beliefs, almost impervious to change. Filipinos or people generally don't like being wrong. And being called out for these practices that don't seem to make sense at this period of time will be uh, challenging to accept. Hence, 
the almost very natural reaction is to be defensive about it. This is speaking from experience because, again, I used to be, yeah. like I said, I used to be very conservative. I used to have beliefs back in high school that I thought about it now. Doesn't make sense. I always wanted a male leader. I, I don't like female presidents because history tells us that it should be men. Should be men. At least a claim on history. And then you get to think, why? As we question these beliefs, it is also natural to be countered by authoritative figures like our teachers, our parents, people in society whom we look up to and tend to influence our opinions, for instance. If you have a teacher who believes in a certain candidate, who says that this candidate should be voted because he or she is the son or the daughter of, of he or she's the son of hmm. a former leader or something. Uh, let's say of Thor, of Odin, of Loki, from the Norse mythology. These beliefs, and then someone were to say, "What? What's your basis?" And if the authority figure um, has a tendency to dismiss these beliefs, counter these beliefs with something go without basis, but argue with force and authority, the tendency is we don't often question it, right? Because we're not rewarded for it. We're punished for asking it. And to some friends, this is an invitation to please consider why you think something is true and why you think something should be, should be held on as a belief. After all, it has been said and done in this podcast, right? So yeah, that's what I think. Reinforcement, authority figures, Pressure, um, collective values that we don't seem to question. These things affect why we believe in something so firmly that we refuse to just accept it as changing or contingent, not permanent. That's my opinion about it. Yeah. Um, no, you know what I, that, that's why I love, that's why I really wanted to have you here because you really give like really good um examples you give like good people to look up to like not really look up to to research about who have certain philosophies that i really feel is very relevant today and how we approach um people uh like what you said instead of just calling them stupid or saying that i'm bobo more whatever say i think your opinion is wrong and here's why maybe let's discuss and so you mentioned stuff like you know authority figures and things like that but i think that's a very asian thing right i mean in, mm-hmm. if you compare let's say asia compared to the west right the west um parents tend to be very like you know you're grown up at like 15 16 you can get a job, yeah, a job. Uh, while here it's like oh you only get a job once you graduate i mean have you ever had a friend who wasn't, let's say, a scholar or whatever, right? Let's say not a scholar or anything, who had a job while he was in college, not because he needed the money, but like because, you know, for the heck of it. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I've had lots of friends who's who were in that uh, situation. Some of them still in that situation, just wanted to try things out and all that. And basically, part of determining who they think they are is to try these things out. That's how they put it when I ask them. Yeah. But yeah, and here, like in Asia, it's more like when you get a job once you graduate, you listen to your parents, you live with your parents for even after you graduate until yeah. you can save enough to get your own place, right? And that, and we can just talk about our labor loss maybe next year. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that, that, that's the thing, no? And you know, when you, when you look at it and when you think about it, it's very silly. Um, when people get picked on about, you know, correct when you correct them, when yeah. it's about just someone who they support. And it's someone who probably doesn't know that they exist. It's probably someone who never even bothered to, to visit their municipality or their town or whatever. Because I kind of get those, for example. Um, I know people who've met, let's say, for example, let's say, let's say Romeo is a politician. So Romeo is a politician and he's a type of politician whom, you know, in his um, contingencies or whatever, constituents, sorry, um, he always visits them at least once a week, asks them what's happening, checking, you know, the, the prices of goods and things like that. And if people love him, I get why, because he's very hands-on, he checks mm-hmm. on them. I get that. I completely get that. Whether he's a good guy or not, that's a whole different story. But the fact that, let's say, he checks on his people, is very active, I respect that. But when they support someone to the point that they're willing to take a bullet for them, for someone who will never visit them, who won't even know their names, who won't even write to their Facebook messages, who will not really give a damn about them. That's what I don't get. And I guess I want to ask you, even if it's not that related to the topic but why do we idolize people politicians why do we idolize them as filipinos why do we see them as the savior to the sick man of asia which is the philippines that's an actually interesting question i think it has more to do about what we are fed in the information um in getting the information well, like earlier factors that I've said, and personally, I think I opine that it's also more of the ego. I, I I hit back this thrust again and again because I have to admit, I myself am guilty of being picon. I have a tendency to just be dismissive as well, and this is because I felt like I don't have the time. I don't have the, the patience to say, this is what you should believe in because this or that. I already jumped the gun and jumped to the conclusion that even if I were to present facts to them, they won't listen, they won't believe. And I think that's a trouble I have to address as well. But in some cases, that can be true. For instance, we have trolls who are paid by the comment, by the response. Any further elaboration would only serve to benefit them without any purpose added to the society, right? If we have, let's say, 100 million trolls, they were to ask each and every person, this or that, and we're all going to present 100 million facts and more, 10 times over. 
what's going to happen is these trolls will not digest the information. It would not have served any good purpose to other people who are reading and are still on the fence about something and might actually be counterproductive, right? Now, for, for others, I really think it's just an ego aspect, you know? And, and I'd like to, to put something here. This is a few years back. They call this as the smart shaming, right? Oh, it's yeah. a phenomenon yeah. which is described often in social media where people say, matalino, magaling, all that stuff. Of course, people were quick to point out. Yeah, all this dismissive kind of responses. And people were also quick to point out, if you're a victim of smart shaming, does that mean you're smart? Or what makes you think that you're smart enough to be smart shamed? Which also puts a valid question because there are there are things which we believe in that despite the fact that it looks like it's the common thing that we should all be believing in, is not so common for others. And that's where the contingency of our beliefs should come in, as per Karl Popper. But there's another explanation here, the post-truth societies, right? Discussions like, there are critical theories. Uh, wait, wait, I have to um, write this down. All right, then I will post it for you. Um, these people, for instance, would be quick to point out that there are times when people don't actually mind the facts. There are times when people really don't bother about the facts. Not so much about Friedrich Nietzsche, but um, more about um, Hannah Arendt's discussion on defactualization. It's more of a common phenomenon in uh, politics. People have propaganda. People are paid to say lies. People are paid to mislead other people, right? Pages about pop culture, food, pets, Former celebrities are being bought off, renamed in favor of a candidate in order to show that Even meme pages. Uh, yeah, right? Even meme pages are being bought off in order to show that people support, uh, there are a number of people who support these candidates. And it seems to create a point in the heads of people who have yet to, de to determine where they stand. Of course, we have to also be critical with how we define the people who participate in the electoral process or people in general. We have instances where people are really critical. They really weigh things. Sometimes people think voting will not make that much of a change. So they just vote whoever. Sometimes people are just drawn by personalities. This has been a central work of Max Weber, right? The sociologist who's talked about how charisma affects politics. And all these, I'd like to factor in in an understanding of how the electoral process works. But in a post-truth society, in a society where they don't really mind what's true or false, what they think is that truth is irrelevant, what they believe in is the truth. We have to challenge that, right? 
we have to openly question why do people want to hold on to this as the truth? Is there a way we can assist in understanding truth as they know it, truth as we know it? Anyway, that's my piece. What, what do you think? What do you think about this? No, I mean, I agree with you. They're in, you know, the, the problem is, and there's a quote that I'm trying to get. So give me one second because okay. I really sure. want to get this quote right. So give me one second. I just want to make sure I get the quote right because I don't want to be to be called fake news. That's like going to be the okay. worst insult of all time. But no, I get you. We're in. Uh, there are people out there, and it frustrates me. You know? I mean, I'm I'm a part of a lot of these Facebook groups. Uh, you know, I like collecting Funko Pops and all these things, right? Yeah. You, you know what I hate the most? We're in. Um, in these groups, they're like, "What can I post on politics?" Dapat Funko Pop lang dito. And I'm like, unfortunately, politics affects your everyday life. Your Funko Pops, okay. If you elect someone who decides, you know what, I want the tax collectibles and make instead of the usual twelve percent VAT, let's make it fifty percent VAT for collectibles. So, are you telling me that unless if that happens, you're going to be the that's the only time you're going to get upset? Um, it's not like that though. I was just trying to offer a piece where people seem to have a tendency to cling on to something. Yeah, and challenge. They refuse it altogether. And so, so many. Okay, so I have the quote. I won't say who it's from, but I think once I read it, everyone will know who it's from. And it's so perfect with what you said about the whole buying pages and whatever. So the quote is: "Perception is real, and the truth is not." <laughs> I think that quote summarizes everything. Because, you know, our discussion, uh, honestly, Romy, we could be here until tomorrow, until freaking Sunday, talking about why people are pick on. But it's it's that, you know, it's your perception of what you believe in. It's your perception of what the Bible says. It's your perception of, of a certain person. And sometimes your perception is false, and yet you fight for it to be true even if it's not what what do you think of that i'm not sure if you've seen the photo of this piece before there used to be a piece where there was a road sign that says six on the floor okay painted number six now a passerby from the left side would be seeing it as if it were painted to mean number nine right yeah i saw i saw that meme yeah I think this has often been used and abused as a justification for opinions. I, as the author, have the responsibility to be clear of what I intend to mean, but not so outright. I write about something, sure, let it be. But I'm pretty sure I mean something about what I, what I wrote, right? If the original painter of that number on the road meant for it to be number six, not number nine, it should be interpreted as number six. Correct. Right? And this is what we miss out on. <coughs> Excuse me. People 
would say that this is my perception, it should be true. You have your own perception and just perceive it in your own world. But the collective responsibility towards each other in the society, such responsibility falls on each and every one of us to know that if I were to make a decision, this would affect people's lives, not just mine, especially those in the marginalized sector. So the promotion of how we should identify truth perhaps understanding the author, understanding the origin, defining what's true, right? Um, determining our sources, which you've mentioned earlier, primary and secondary sources. From there, we can already grasp, how should I interpret an information? So that's that's more like how I want people to, to, to view it. Like when information is presented to us, we shouldn't just accept it as face value, right? First question, ha, okay, reaction, this is funny, this is this is not so funny. Where is this from? What's this about? Is this true or not? Yeah. So if, if that can be done, then we can be more tedious about something that affects each and everyone's lives, which include policy, right? Candidates, people who say something opposite to what they've done in the past. This can easily be checked. The internet ha- is the internet is a font of knowledge, never forget. right? <laughs> yeah, it never forgets. And uh, maybe a last point here, and I wanted to share again um, another author. Before the wave of social media as we know it today, we have an author named James Leak. Leak, I think, on how we should pronounce. It's more about why do we, uh, I mean, our access to information, process of information, the patience to understand information. This is very critical. Like like I said earlier, children uh, looking for information about certain candidate would go to TikTok. Rather than read uh, a two-paragraph note, from a verified author, peer-reviewed, part of a tedious process of understanding, right? Why? Because it yeah. seems convenient. Yeah. It seems this is the only way I could put my patients into, right? And then these people would just not accept the other fact. I, I wouldn't put an effort on it. I wouldn't even try to debunk it. I'm just going to take it as, uh, at face value because... It confirms my biases. It's easy to access. And my opinion, my rules. If left unchallenged, this has become the only threat to the democratization, right? And people also, um, as used in this politics, there are what we call demagogues or those people who tend to just sway you even without factual basis, for the purpose of swaying in favor of one candidate. They have to be called out. They have to be responsible of the facts they spew. And they have to know that they have a collective responsibility towards society. Right? So I think that's that's one piece. So, yeah. What do you, what do you think? No, I agree with you. Because, you know, for me, 
another defense that they like is freedom of speech, man. They don't say it that way, but that's basically what they're saying. And for me, yeah. yes, we have freedom of speech. But if I'm going to say libelous things about you, I would want to get into trouble for that. Mm-hmm. If I'm That's saying true. stating lies, if I'm saying lies about you, I need to get into trouble just because we have freedom of speech. Doesn't mean I can say any shit I want about you without proof. That's true. If I say that Romeo has abs, I have proof. You know, that if you if he ever goes to the beach, you use that's the proof right there. But if I say that Romeo is a thief, where's my proof? Have I seen Romeo steal? Has Romeo ever been convicted of stealing? No, right. One statement is true, one statement is false. And if I spread fake news or if I spread falsehoods, I should get into trouble, right? And another thing is, you know, aside from, you know, people's um, uh, attention span being very short, right? Let's say they prefer TikTok videos, which are like 30 seconds or something. I don't know. Um, They're just so impatient to read. Perfect example. And you have a group that sells these beautiful busts, right? Your, your toys, as you call them. Have you ever, like, you know, let's say you, you post that Iron Man for sale. For example, you put here, Iron Man bust, um, 10,000 pesos or whatever. Listen, for selling, um, I have too many Iron Mans. Then the first comment is, how much? <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? It has happened to me bountifully. I think I can give you an example of more than the fingers I have, like I post each and every detail as much as I could, to be fair, because yeah, like the can condition, yeah, all yeah. that, the size, the weight, if I have it, dimensions, um, what do you call it? And a good example is the the, the, the bus right behind me. Yeah, if I were to post it, fifteen thousand, or five thousand, or three thousand, all that, and then I say all the specifications. There is always bound to be one person or more who's going to ask me how much, what it's called. I mean, what's the size? Where is it from? What does it do? I mean, that's all part of the description, right? But they just seem to refuse to read it. And this happened to me a lot of times, so much that I've ranted about it to my friends. I've told them about it. Yeah. There was this client of mine. <clears throat> is this new? Yes, it's new. Because it's in a description. I said yeah, Iron Man new for sale. Yeah. yeah, new Iron Man. Unopened. Proof unopened because of the photos. The stickers are still there. Price two thousand pesos, three thousand, four thousand, what have you. And then, um, no issues because it's still unopened. It's still brand new, factory sealed. Yeah, and, and if you guy, open it in their issues, it's not your fault. It's the manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah. Then a guy just messages me and he says, how much? Okay, you just give out a piece of your patience there, right? Okay, so maybe he's really asking, is this new? And I was like, yeah, this is new. Is this factory sealed? And you can just imagine the frustration that you have to deal with at a daily basis. And this is not even political. Yeah. It's just a simple read. I'd have to say, your, your bus aren't cheap, man. Like, those, those aren't cheap. So you think that those people would... No, because like mine, I'll give you an example. In my head. I collect NBA cards ever since 2010. Like, I oh, yeah, I remember. Them, right? So I, I, I... 
yeah, so I collect NBA cards. And recently, I'm looking for specific players. So let's say Romeo Lanzarote of the Miami Heat, example. So I put there. I put a post, okay? Very specific my post. I put there, looking for, semicolon, Romeo Lanzarote, Miami Heat jersey, auto. Because auto means autograph in, in the community. So I put there. After that, I put there, acceptable. So um, on card auto, um, Sticker auto. Okay, so I'm back. Sorry about that. I disappeared for a bit. Again, net is spotty. So anyway, unacceptable. So I put there base cards, um, game used only, patch only, etc. So I already put your name. I put which team I want you in. So Miami Heat. And I want only want an autograph card. Then I put a list of all the acceptable cards. Right? So four kinds. Then I put those things that aren't accepted. Guess what comments I get? Just a wild guess. Go. But the ones that you don't accept? Yes. And the worst part is, so aside from it not being the ones I don't accept, it's, let's say, Chris Bosch instead of Romeo Lanzarote of the Miami. I'm like, I, I commented, could you please check? I put that I want Romeo Lanzarote, not Chris Bosch. So for me, it's like, in the first place... I would want a Chris Bosch card, though, but... Yeah, that's no, not what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it's like, not only <coughs> did you not give me what I want, in theory, which is an autograph, you even commented the wrong player and sometimes even the wrong team and the wrong player. So let's say I'm looking for Romeo Lanzarote to give me Anthony Davis and the Lakers. I said, no, no, Miami Heat, right? Like, oh, do no. I have to TikTok what I need for you guys to put attention <laughs> to it? Like, do you think that's what we need to do? We're in to get people's attention instead of writing beautiful thesis, beautiful articles. We should just have a 15-second TikTok defending our thesis. I mean, that 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 person, okay. Um, the one that we spoke about a while ago, the one with the thread wherein I messaged you and we spoke a bit. I was so tempted to to, to tell him. Uh, and not because I was angry or anything, but I was so tempted to ask him. So did you use TikTok as your source for your thesis when you graduated? I really wanted to ask him that. Because, as a, you know, here's the thing. Um, there are people who are lucky to go through college, and there are people who are unfortunately aren't able to, right? Yes. High school, I never had a thesis. I had research papers, but those are, like, far from... The thesis we know, right? What the thesis. And that's why I wanted to ask him. He's a college graduate, okay? I want to ask him, did you like use YouTube or something as your primary source on your thesis? Because that that's it. Right? That, 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 that's it. It's like when did we as a as a as a species decide that TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook memes are primary sources over fact check, peer view, you know, peer check. Um, fact.org checked or whatever checks you want to check are not primary sources. That's and, you know, this point. discussion has gone all over. The, this discussion has gone all over the place, but I would like to think maybe that's why um, because like what you mentioned, we grew up with these kinds of beliefs. Um, then we have this wonderful attention span that, let's say, from one hour came 15 seconds. Na lang. 
Then we have TikTok where a lot of people check. Like, you know how crazy it is? Like, for me, I don't check my Facebook that often. I mean, unfortunately, it's part of my job to be on Facebook for, you know, ads and etc. But if I, I didn't work in that field, I wouldn't check my Facebook that often. I check my messenger only if I get the message. But if I don't, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be doing that. I'd be doing my work. I would be reading news articles or whatever. But yeah, oh, this talk, this topic has gone over the place. So anyway, Romeo, uh, <clears throat> I, I know we just scratched just the surface of this, but I kind of want us to you know tone down a bit, get ready to end the episode and such. No uh, but before we get to that part of the episode, it's more about now. Um, how do you think or more of how do we help people who choose to be blind? Okay, that's a very good question as well. I do not present my answer as if it were the cure to misinformation and deliberate belief in information that is not accurate. I do, however, offer something which is... I'm, I'm sure you've read it. Of course, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we've read it. Hang on. I, I'm going to type it again. Um, <clears throat> we know him very well, for especially for, for us who had the chance to read uh, his literature. Basically, what he's saying is that um, when there are things which require time, or something that's, uh, how do we put this in words? Our patience, it requires a piece of us, which can be in the form of love, understanding, um, shared sense of community, perhaps. And I find this very important in one of his works, what Franz Kafka said. That he defines love as something that widens, something that's as beautiful and as magical as you think love would be defined. And the difference lies in the people in it. And how does he call them? Like, it's just, imagine imagine a car, right? Imagine you're driving a car. And that's love as you know it. And then we have the driver. We have the passengers of the driver. And we have the road. That's how the factors that affect love as we know it and the patience we have for something are affected. So let's say I'm not too open to change. Let's say I'm a passenger. I don't like where this is going, but um, the driver tells me that this is the best way to go. I'm not experienced in the road and he convinces me. He tries to produce something that would um, convince me to think otherwise. Patience, time. Know that the dedication to correct misinformation as well. So you can consider it somehow in that way, in that sense, that if you want something changed, it will take patience. And by patience, it should be defined as not just something that stands on or before the election year. It may take more time than we think. Because again, admittedly, I myself am guilty of being very dismissive, of being um, very rude sometimes to people who don't have my set of beliefs. And to me, that's 
that something has to change as I engage the community as well. But I don't forget that there's something more important, which is the collective good. At least it's what I propounded. That's how I propounded. Um, the promotion of the collective good must be something that's founded on reason, right? That based on information, based on something that's challenged, based on something that can be proven, these are the good things, or these are the things which could help us in contrast to something opposite. So, yeah, that's it. Um, people would need to give in their patience, number one. But number two, you have to identify the relationship we have with the person. Number three, what's the purpose? Right? If, if the people are deliberately not accepting the information, there must be some other reason, right? And if we determine that, it's up to us how we can convince them of this. But always entertain the idea that our beliefs are not fixed and it should be contingent, I think. No, that's perfect. Um, actually, that answers two questions, right? I was supposed to ask you, how do we help those who are blind and those who are picon? And I felt that what you gave answers both. It really answers both. So thank you for that, Romeo. Actually, we're nearing the end of the episode. I won't let you go yet. Uh, I have to thank our sponsors first before I give you the last uh, question. So I'd like to thank uh, Swagat Indian Cuisine, uh, Derm Nature, and to the Modern Fashionista. So I have one last question for you, Romeo, before I let you go. What's your message to to people out there about, about what's happening right now? About how I feel that right now, we're going through a struggle on truth, on lies. So what's your message to people out there about this whole thing? <clears throat> well, um, I think it's imperative that we accept the possibility that there are opinions which can and cannot be changed. These opinions will remain um, to be a challenge to change because of the factors we mentioned earlier. But we have to promote the concept of um, openness and contingency to a belief we hold on. Um, similarly, I, I think we should embody patience. And it's, again, admittedly, I ran out of patience in dealing with people I know are deliberately not going to read what I tell them, people who will not put an effort in understanding the things. So these things, for me, uh, have to be put in perspective. But again, be patient. And of course, if you were to follow Kafka, be, be kind, open the idea of um, love and patience and all that in the concept because we want to promote the collective good. In order to do that, you have to convince the others as well, not just ourselves. Yeah. I just find it so strange that Kafka could write, could say something like that after reading the Metamorphosis. It's like, it's like night and day, man. It's like, what? So that was supposed to be the last question, but we did get this one. We did this one question from the comment section that I would like Romeo to answer uh, because it's from Ina Padilla. Oh, hi, babe. So just because of who she is, we'll, we'll go through this uh, comment right now. So her question <laughs> is, 
Not sure if this was mentioned earlier, but any advice on how we can politely inform those people using TikTok or YouTube as the reference or even Wikipedia that these are not credible sources like, without offending them or sounding like a rude, smart-ass concerned citizen? I like the last part, by the way. But yeah, that's Ina's question. So, Romeo, go ahead. Okay, thank you so much for the question. Um, the, the thing here is that um, it is my opinion that in times when we are presented with an idea which we find ludicrous, an idea which we do not subscribe in, a gentle um, thud towards the direction of where we want them to look at, not tell them as if it were the fact, like, I don't believe in something crazy. I don't believe in clouds, for instance. They're just cottons put up by the government. Big woven cottons. Start asking them questions. But don't ask them directly, like, why do you believe in that? Ask them questions which would lead them to inquire about it. You don't believe in cottons? Okay. Who do you think puts that up there and they were to say um, the government okay which department of the government do you think puts up cottons in the sky maybe the dnr is there a department in the dnr that puts up cottons in the sky um maybe a hidden department okay in all the times that you're alive how many hidden departments do you know of that does these activities None that I know of. Would you consider the possibility that cottons or clouds are not the same? These questions are a line of questions that will not affect their core beliefs and shake it so much that they would feel they have to defend themselves. Maybe one that breaks and chips the wall in order to get to them so that they would understand. You don't, I don't mean harm. I just don't like the idea that you believe in this because it's harmful for you. It's harmful for your family, for us. Or people are actually making fun of you, right? These beliefs can be challenged, though not easily, patiently, and should not be challenged as directly as we think it should be because it might, again, trigger this defensiveness that people would stop Dying altogether, and we don't want that. We, we want them to understand on their own that the challenge here is to identify the truth. The truth can be measured, it should be something that can be proven. Things which cannot be refuted are pointless, as, as what Karl Popper said irrefutable claims are just pointless claims. You cannot prove or disprove them, so what's the point, right? Yeah. So there, that's my that's my suggestion. We should try to tell them piece by piece, ask them questions, challenge this, not too directly, not too offensively, not insult them, not say anything about the character, right? The, these uh, fallacies. And then maybe that presents a higher possibility of achieving, understanding, and then communication. One good example here was the, the case. You remember this case, I think. The Ku Klux Klan invaded by um, invaded by um, 
A black cop? A person, yeah, a black policeman. Yeah, right? yeah, black man. Uh, black landsman, basically. The right? Yeah. He, he, the black landsman. And, and that, that's a very good example. The patience and the effort and accepting the possibility of any possible threats yeah. to you, yeah. mental health, the space, and all that, even physical. Because in some areas, propounding a certain set of beliefs would get you harmed, even killed. These are the things that's important. Yeah, and uh, I couldn't have said better than you, Romeo. So thank you for that. Uh, that's the end of the episode. You know, Romeo, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, before we let you go, maybe you could do some plugins, like if people want to follow, like if you have an IG or if they want to. <clears throat> Like your Iron Man busts or stuff. You know, <laughs> oh, well, I guess I have to take this time to thank um, friends and family who has taken the time to listen to us. My mom, most especially. <laughs> Thanks to my yeah. mom. Yeah, I'd say that congratulations is also for um, for you, Paolo, because you've made this happen. Um, and I want us to understand that um, we can still do something about it. Also, shout out to my friends, um, law school friends, law school buddies, the gamer buddies we have. Because, um, again, I mentioned, we're, we're avid gamers, Dota 2 gamers. So I have this group of Dota 2 players, and they enjoy talking about politics as well. Surprisingly, it's in a different avenue. It's a gaming avenue, but we talk about politics. Also, I have a toy collecting group. Um, do you mind if I send them? Yeah, the please. Email? Like, like yeah, pl plug in everything that you want, man. I'll also. Oh, by the way, I like this comment from Ralph Joseph while you're typing that. Misinformation is really dangerous. Hashtag Rome for senator. <laughs> definitely, I would definitely vote for Romeo. Okay, <laughs> thank so you so much. Group on Facebook, right? <laughs> uh, this is your Facebook group where you sell um your busts or your very highly. Uh, yeah, stuff. and we have um, friends there who collect, who sell, and who also buys from other people. We just make sure that the people get in there are the best people we could get in the hobby, so we control fraud and all that. But you're very much welcome to join, indulge, buy, sell what you want, share what you think are good about the hobby. And lastly, um, I'd like to thank, <clears throat> oh yeah, I, uh, shout out to my girlfriend, you know, her family. Who's also watching her sisters, whom I also love dearly because they pick on me. Um, Ate, Erica, and Kisai. Uh, and my siblings, who over the years I've managed to establish a relationship where we don't have to bicker with each other. So thank you for sharing the time with us. Well, thank you so much, Romeo. Uh, congratulations again from, uh, I don't know if it's your aunt or something, but yeah, congrats <laughs> again, Romeo. Uh, I'm feeling that they, I, did you tell them that this podcast is like the Joe Rogan experience levels of like big or something? <laughs> I probably left that out on purpose. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. But, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Romeo, for being here. Uh, whoops. Uh, so anyway, Iglap, we'll be back next week on Tuesday. We will have a reporter here and we'll be discussing how to fight fake news. So 
great, great episode. Thank you again, Romeo, so much for being here. To all those who watched, I do hope to see you guys next week as well on Tuesday. Until then, um, happy weekend. Uh, take care. Stay safe. Bye, everyone. Good night. Bye, buddy. Bye, everyone. Thank you.